following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Looks like you vacuumed. Or did you like clean anything in preparation Some, for me coming back? Somebody vacuumed. I don't think it was me. <laughs> it looks nice. Are you gonna have to like de uh, de louse it? Yeah, like you know, get all the sanitary stuff and whatever. Whatever was on the microphone the last time you were here that's, is still on there. That's so. probably true. And if you're if you're if you've been fine, you're probably gonna stay fine. Yeah. It is nice to be back. It is nice to do this in person thing being in your house not seeing anybody god love them my family seeing anybody but them for two weeks is a little bit hard are you uh are you still being shunned at work at all or is everybody kind of Um, relaxed that everybody is kind of cool it's like everybody wears masks when they're walking around in between cubicles like when they're sitting at your desk it's kind of like a restaurant once you sit down they take them off but if you're up moving amongst uh, folks, they wear one, and I don't know that they appreciate me not wearing one, but at the same time, it's like, I'm the safest guy you're ever going to be around right, at this point, Right. so it doesn't really matter. You wouldn't think. So, eh, well, I, I whatever. Mean, it doesn't, yeah, so it's fine. This is the intentional foul. It is good to be back in person, have Studio you, B. Have you checked the listenership? Or are we kind of hovering? People don't like been? it when we're in separate places. The thing no, is that goes, we're, we're, down we're down a little, a little bit. bit. So, Well, I mean, I did get told by one of my best friends over the weekend that he hasn't listened to us all year. So I was like, well, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Jeez. What was what, that? Why? I, I don't know. You, don't you just, you, I, I don't know. There was beer involved. I didn't ask a lot of follow-up questions. So, Aren't people starving for entertainment? Clearly not. During this time, okay, or just don't care about. I guess sports. the rate the sports ratings would probably say no, right? I guess. I guess. Uh, okay. Well, I think the NFL's well, that took the though. wind out of my sails right away. Well, sorry it's, about it's it. Kind of it's all good. <laughs> we'll get them back. We have a lot to cover. It's been a it's been a busy day. The uh, our games are going to go fast mm-hmm. for our respective teams when we talk about because they were two craptacular games. Uh, the Bears last night as we record this on a Tuesday, and then the Packers on Sunday. A lot of big doings in the NBA. You're going to run through all the Buck stuff. College football will blow through a little bit, and then some major uh, surprises, uh, one major surprise in Major League Baseball. And then maybe we'll touch on some high school stuff just with the pending. But like anything else nowadays, you don't know from one day to the next. No. What's happening. Just got to take it as so it comes. That's kind of what, what the deal is. So, all that and more, we appreciate you landing here, uh, downloading, subscribing. Uh, as always, usually say this at the end, but uh, tell your friends. I'll say it again as well. Got to get that listenership back up. Absolutely. All right, so let's start with uh, Packers beating the Jaguars. Green Bay now 7-2. and Final score, 24-20. Set it on Monday. I-, I don't know that you can trust this team. That's two home games that they've come out flat. But like we've said all along, home field advantage doesn't mean anything. And I'm really surprised that they're underdogs against the Colts. But at the same time, if you watched how they've played, I don't think there's any reason uh, to give Green Bay a lot of confidence. I mean, when you allow a rookie quarterback and 
a running back, don't get me wrong, I don't even know the dude's first name, Robinson. James, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he runs all over you, to me, that was a that was a bad coaching job by the Jaguars, at least offensively. They had so much success running the ball down Green Bay's throat, and you choose to put the ball in the hands of this quarterback on first and second down and watch him sail it wide, high, low. Uh, like, s- stick with what, wor- again, we talk about this all the time, whether it's the Bears or somebody else. I, I don't know why you have to deviate from what's working just to deviate from it. Like, until you get stopped, don't you keep doing what works? I mean, that's what if you ever talk to Coach Suter, I mean, that was his mantra. I mean, we're going to do it until we can't do it, until you stop it. Right. And then we'll do something, something else. else until you stop that. Um, but, no, you're right. I mean, these coaches, they just – they can't help themselves. They just get too cute. Um, so I, there's really nothing nice to say about the game. I mean, I think the best thing that came out of the game was the news that broke in the third quarter, um, which seemed to take like two hours, by the way, uh, that uh, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, is now the richest offensive lineman in football, highest paid guy. He beat Laramie Tunsil um, for Houston like by a million dollars a year or something like that. So they've got him for another four years after this year. And that's good. He's probably going to outlast Aaron Rodgers on the team at this point, which if you're going to you know, uh, have a, a rookie quarterback in Jordan, well, not a rookie, he won't be a rookie by that time, but if you're going to have a young guy like Jordan Love and you don't need to worry about his blind side anymore, he's consistently been ranked the top left tackle in football by Pro Football Focus. He deserves the money. Good for him. And I'm glad you don't have to worry about that spot because it's the most important spot on the offensive line. What does that so, mean for Aaron Jones, you think, going forward? You know, that's that's a good question. I mean, you had Kenny Clark, you had Bakhtiari. Jones is the third out of those guys. There's Kevin King, and then there's, I think, oh, and then Jamal Williams. That Those are the big five that are all free agents. Um, I don't know. We haven't seen enough of A.J. Dillon. The games that Jamal Williams has been in for Jones, I like his running style a lot better, but I think he's less versatile when it comes to the passing game. Um, I, I don't know that you need Jones to be successful, but what it really does, like Tyler Irvin, who was a no-name pickup guy off the street, undrafted dude, um, it just seems those guys seem to do a lot for Lafleur in his offense. Mm-hmm. They seem to allow him a lot of options. I don't know how valuable that makes him. I mean, in the running game, you can get what you get from Williams, maybe A.J. Dillon, but it seems that Jones just really helps in the passing game. Maybe they feel like they don't need that going forward. I don't know. Well, you look around the league, and I mean, unless you're talking about uh, somebody that's really, really special or head and shoulders above everybody else at the running back position, it just doesn't pay no, it doesn't. to pay them. Nope. Um, no, you're right. So I think that this may be leaning in a direction where they kind of made their choice. Like, And I think it's a smart choice. I mean, <laughs> from watching the Bears, you know, when you don't have a line, it don't really matter what the hell else is going on right. on the field behind those guys mm-hmm. if they're not blocking. So, um, yeah, I think that was a good move by, by the Pack as I well. I mean, it, I, and then I don't know what that does for Jamal Williams. You got, you're going to roll with A.J. Dillon after that. You're going to lose your, your main two running backs if you don't sign either of them. And then you've got, uh, you know, a guy with one year experience in Dillon. And then, you know, Dexter Williams is a practice squad guy, but I think he's on the same contract status as, uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. I don't know if he's going to be back. So basically, you're looking at the potential if you don't sign any of these guys. One running back, and maybe Tyler Irvin, who you could probably still get on the cheap if you want to, you know, re up him. But 
I don't know what that does to the Packers' running game or, or LaFleur's offense if you don't bring a lot of these guys back. You're going to have to find somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just roll with one guy. I mean, you, you no, can guy, too many guys get hurt. One, you can tell in LaFleur's system you need multiple guys in there. Well, and just look at the Rams. I mean, they, they have a three-headed monster, and those guys are all running for about 30 yards a game each. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the way that offense is designed. But So it would not surprise me when I like him back, of course, but I don't want you to, to you know, mortgage the farm mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I it, it would not shock me if he's not back. So I'm going to steal this line from, from Bill Simmons. The, the Packers are the good-bad team in the NFL this year. Okay. Where... I, and I've told you all along, I think they're going to win probably 13 games, maybe maybe 14, but probably 13 games. Uh, very well might be the one seed, but they're going to be a top two seed. I think there's a good chance they're in the conference championship. I won't even be surprised at all if they make the Super Bowl. Wow. But I still don't think they're very good. <laughs> and I base that on my eyes mm-hmm. because I watched not all that game, but a good part of that game. It was garbage. The, the fact that a team as bad as Jacksonville, playing for nothing, with a rookie quarterback, can line up a rookie running back and jam it down your throat all afternoon Smash long. Smash you. I don't subscribe to this whole, a win is a win, it doesn't matter. Well, it matters. It might not matter today, but it matters. And other teams are watching around the league, man. They've seen what Dalvin Cook did. They've seen what the Niners did last year, and then you look at a game like this against a bad team, and they run it down your throat. I don't know how they correct that. I, I just, you know, they they get all this pressure on the outside with their pass rush, but the middle of that defense, it's just not holding up. And I and even the pass rush has not been spectacular. Spectacular. I mean, you had Rashawn Gary who has been mostly and lifeless. he had a big late sack. Yes. and they even said like that's probably the biggest play of his career. And it's like in week ten against the Jaguars at home, who have to pass because they're losing. <laughs> like that's right. the biggest play of his career. You're that's al- a first round draft pick. You're allowing the dude to tee off because that's what you know is coming. And it's not like he's doing anything special. Like, I, I would rather have that come against somebody like the Colts or Drew Brees or, you know, somebody like that that is a little bit tougher of an opponent. And maybe it's late. Wait till a playoff game, you know, if that's necessary. Yeah, against the Bears and when it's a rivalry game. I don't know. But that, yeah, the context for that whole thing was kind of comical. Mm-hmm. So, I. I know, but but you're you're 100 percent right on on the defense, and I don't know how that gets fixed. Yeah, because the players aren't going to change at this point. Right, they are who they are. I don't know how. What do you just try and revamp the scheme? Do you try to upgrade the play? I I don't know. But it's amazing to me if you're a coach how you can't diagnose what's wrong, and then put the particular pieces in that you think you need to be successful to stop what's been a weakness. You know what I mean? Well, I guess the counter to that is, but the coach on the other side is seeing those weaknesses and is going to try to find a way to exploit them in different ways, anticipating how you're going to try to correct. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So both guys get paid. Yo, for sure. You know, so it it boils down, and football – Come the, the scheme all the time. You hear about the scheme this and the scheme that, and this guy is so good at scheming shit. 
you, 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 the players got to play. And guys, you can't be missing tackles. You can't be missing tackles. When you know that you're struggling as a defense against the run, when you get a chance to get a guy down for a two-yarder, you can't let it turn into a six-yarder. And that's what ends up killing you. You know, I wanted to ask you because you've been in way more competitive environments than I have in my athletic career. I mean, mine have been resorted to, uh, you know, softball the last two years, which hasn't outside of a tournament, you know, for money. It's not even close. Where do you land on the philosophy of playing down to your competition? Like, I, 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 I said this on Monday while I was writing it on Sunday night while everything was fresh after the game. Players and coaches can say they don't pay attention to anything. They don't listen to outside voices. They don't read anything. They don't watch this. Are you professional enough and self-motivated enough to show up and give 110% effort on everything that you have been doing against a team like, just example, the Kansas City Chiefs as well as the New York Jets? Is that effort going to be the same on both because you're a professional athlete? Or do you walk in and you already know that these guys suck? We don't have to play as hard as we did against Kansas City because these guys are terrible. We should be able to do what we do, put them to rest, and be on our way. Well, I don't know if it's as much as uh, the effort as when when you're really good as a team – you kind of have this like mental switch in your head yeah. that you can flip like in the game. So I'm sure most of the Packers were like, yeah, all right, it's close at half, whatever. We got Aaron Rodgers. We're going to be fine. And then it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's tied at the end of the third. We got Aaron Rodgers. We're going to be fine. And then you end up winning. And it doesn't look good. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are bad that went with the game. But, like, you just kind of knew you were going to win. So I don't know, maybe your effort wanes subconsciously. I don't think anybody goes in there and says, I'm only going to play 60%. But, I mean, I, you know, a personal example yeah, for me. what I'm looking for. Like in high school for basketball, like I played, I think I played seven games against Parker. I don't think I ever scored more than 12 points in any of those games because we knew we were going to kick the shit out of them. Like I liked all those guys. We I have... Much respect for those guys. They worked just as hard as any of us did. They just weren't good team. So, like, you know, you just knew that, yeah, I, I didn't have to play as hard in that game as I did against Reese Gaines and Madison West. I don't know that I took it easy, but it, in the back of your head, you're kind of like, okay, it's Parker. Even if we're even if it's 15-15 at the end of the first quarter, we're fine. Because they're going to do what they're going to do, and we're going to do what we always do, and we're going to still win this game by 25 points. And that happened the first game I ever played against Parker in my sophomore year. We're down at the end of the third quarter at home. We're tra- we trailed the whole game, <laughs> and we were just kind of waiting, like, when is this going to flip? And eventually, like, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it flipped. We took off. We ended up winning by double digits. But, you know, it, it can creep in there. There's no doubt about it, and I'm sure – you know, when some of these guys are, when you're looking across the line and there's that Luton dude, like, who? Yeah, right. That's That was my point. I guarantee point. you, 85% of the dudes on the Packers had never heard of that guy until the week they played Jacksonville. Never heard of him. Why would you have? I don't know. 
don't know. You, you, you know. you know what I'm saying? You think, uh, I don't know, you think Bakhtiari's heard of that guy? Probably. No. No no clue. Rodgers probably hasn't even heard of him, and they're quarterbacks. So I'm sure that gets in your head, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any way to control it. I mean, you kind of got to be a psychopath competitively. Right. You know what I mean? Like so, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant level where, like, it doesn't matter. You're getting punished, period. And I, I, that's pretty rare. Okay. That, that's all I got for the Packers. We spent way too much time on them already, um, but we can move on. Do we have to? Well, you, you can spend <laughs> five minutes or, or five seconds on this garbage dump. Speaking of, a, of teams that you know they're just going to do what they're going to do, man. the Bears, um, I told you yesterday afternoon, <laughs> I texted you, yes, you did. and I said if the score after the word Chicago at halftime is a single digit, I'm done. And I texted you with two minutes left when they got the ball. And they had three points three at the time. points, and I said, they need to score for you to stay engaged in this game. And you're like, I'm already done. It's not happening. <laughs> they're not Well, I, because they're not scoring a touchdown. They can't. They're incapable of offensively driving down the field and scoring a touchdown. What did you make of the news on Friday when Nagy said he was handing over play calling Didn't duties matter. to Lazer? Doesn't matter. Didn't matter because it's like what I said with the Packer defense. The players are the players you are what you are at this point. Like, that dude's not going to just come in and have these magic plays that all of a sudden is going to turn Nick Foles into Philadelphia right. Nick Foles, and all of a sudden the line turns into, like, the mid-'90s Cowboys. Like, that's not going to happen. Because you still have the same playbook. For it's sure. not, not like you're reinstalling things. And you have the same players, too. Right. It's just a matter of which plays you call in which situations. I mean, here, here's a microcosm of this team. The first offensive play of the night, they run a bubble screen, and they throw it to Darnell Mooney. Anthony Miller is there to block. Anthony Miller gets hit so hard, (laughs) he flies back into Mooney, knocking Mooney backwards, and it's like a four-yard loss. Two plays later, Anthony Miller goes across the field wide-ass open. Foles throws too high and behind him, off his hands, interception. It's like this this is who they are. They and, and right before that, they had forced a turnover on yes. Minnesota, forced yep. to fumble. They can't capitalize on anything. Field position, turnovers, it doesn't matter. They suck. They have no good players. <laughs> Their offense is trash. It's an embarrassment. Their coaches have to go. Uh, their general manager has to go. Um, the offense generated six points and 149 yards against the 28th-ranked defense, missing all four of their starting D-backs. That's the least amount of points I read today that they've scored the the yardage that they had offensively since December third of two thousand seventeen. Oh, well, long time, right? I mean, and the thing is, is like it's it sucks. We and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It sucks when you have to fire your head coach and you have to fire your general manager because you're essentially starting from scratch again. It sucks, but you Matt Nagy cannot continue to be the head coach of the team that has the worst offense in football when he's an offensive-minded head coach. Can't happen. You 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 have to be fired. And Ryan Pace cannot be the general manager that that decides who the next quarterback is going to be because he's 0 for 3. And the one, Trubisky, is a massive, massive... That's striking out with the bases loaded in the ninth inning of the World Series, massive. Like, can't do it. You got to put the bat on the ball, and he did not put the bat on the ball with that pick. I would say 
He didn't even lift it off his shoulder at no, that point. No, he, he, he struck out. It was Carlos, what was that year? Like 20, 2004, Carlos Beltran did that in the World Series. He struck out looking. It's like, Watch it go by. Swing the bat, man. Yep. All right, uh, so Cousins get, finally gets a win on Monday Night Football. He's 1-9. and nine. I wasn't particularly like impressed that? with the Vikings either. Do you like that, though? What? Do you like that? No. Took me a minute. <laughs> no, I don't, because I, I would have rather had both teams lose, but it doesn't matter. I, hey, I, man, I told you two, three weeks ago, Vikings yeah, are going to yeah, finish opposite, ahead of the Bears in the standings. Opposite now. Vikings are 4-5. and five, Chicago's 5-5. Five and five. Um. Yeah, you you got anything else to say about the Bears? No, there's nothing really left. I mean, play the string out. Hopefully, you lose out. You go five and eleven, and maybe you get the seventh or eighth pick in the draft, and you can take a, a really really good offensive lineman or maybe a quarterback that the new GM is in love with. You, you know, you think anything's going to happen after this year? I, yeah, I think so. I think it has to. total house cleaning. It has to. This team they made the playoffs and have regressed. To the point of almost no return at this point. Like I told you before the, the show, I think right now at this point in the season, the two worst teams in football are the Bears and the Jets, and I'm not sure the Bears could beat the Jets because I don't think they could score. If you can't score any points, you can't rely on special teams no. and defense to score your points. So it's, you it's ugly, man. Offense. All right, other uh, results in Week 10 quickly. Uh, the Thursday night, we got another good Thursday night game on this week, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indianapolis, surprising win over Tennessee. Just when you thought maybe Indy was on its way down, there's a little life there. Tennessee's D's bad. Yeah. Which is weird because Vrabel's a defensive guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, playing from behind negates your greatest weapon in, right. in Derrick Henry and that play-action sure. passing game. Can't, so Can't keep running. Indy's been a weird team, man. Like. They got a really good defense, and Phillip Rivers is capable. He's capable of winning the game, and he's capable of you getting blown out. So I'm not sure what to make of this team, but all of a sudden they're winning their division. Uh, Cleveland with a three-point win over the Texans. I'm glad I didn't have to watch that. Putrid. (laughs) A high-scoring game, which the Lions get a last-second field goal as time expires. They beat Washington. Did you happen to see the end of that? I think they switched. It's unbelievable to to cover it. It's unbelievable. The Lions. Well, first of all, the Lions blow a twenty-one point lead. Yes, they're up twenty-four to three. They blow the lead. They they have like two of the dumbest penalties in a row that allow Washington to uh, kick a field goal and take the lead. And then Washington has like two of the dumbest penalties in a row. And then Prater kicks one from the moon. Yeah, fifty-nine, I think it was. Or and they win like that. the yeah. game, and it's just like, oh my god, these teams are both so bad. <laughs> we already covered Packers and Jacksonville. There's nothing that makes sense. Are the, in the Giants NFC East. The, are the Giants the best team though in the NFC East? Because like it certainly somebody, would seem like it right now. One of the ESPN guys was saying like they should have beat uh, Tampa. They lost by yep. like they lost they lost late in the game against two other teams. Like they could easily be like five and four, six and three. I mean, Philly right now seems like a mess. And Ewing theory with uh, Saquon on the Giants possibly too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, if you win your division with a losing record, yeah, and you go it's to hard. The playoffs, it's hard to really say it. That's but. what I mean. But I, I, I mean, if you're winning games and you get a division title, I guess. But that um, stupid tie is saving Philadelphia's ass right now. Right, it's it's keeping them. Uh, Buccaneers, I didn't watch any of this. Um, double up the Panthers. It's a lot of points for Tampa. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Yeah, that's not. It sucks. Uh, apparently avoided major injury. Uh, I guess that I read on Monday. 
Um, so, oh God, I was. Did I click up or who was I listening to? I was listening. I was. I took a trip to the um, Waukesha area this morning after work, and I was listening to some local ESPN radio. Somebody, or no, wait a minute, yes. And then I heard the national guys. There's like an ESPN radio minute with Keyshawn Johnson or something like that. And somebody asked him if he was buying or selling the Raiders. And he said, they have the potential to win it all. And I just, I just kind of went, what? They're kind of hard to play against. They I, run the ball really, really well. But I just didn't Gruden, think Gruden's smart, see, man. And that's what he said. He's like, they got a guy who's won it. He's been there. He knows what to do. They have just enough pieces to be dangerous. Yeah, but, Derek, uh, Derek Carr scares you. But, I mean, he's also capable of, of playing really well. So All right. Well, they, they pound the Broncos, which like is not, Denver is, not man, surprising. Talk about another team that needs a quarterback. Good Lord. Dolphins continue to win. They beat the Chargers. I'm, I caught a little bit of this game. Mm-hmm. I saw one nice drive Tua had. Um, yeah, I mean, he's impressive. He He's not uh, nearly as good an athlete, I don't think, as like um, Kyler Murray for sure, right. Russell Wilson. Uh, but he's that size. Uh, but they did a nice job of kind of moving him around and giving him some throwing lanes. But he made some really nice throws. He too. jammed one into the end zone yeah. in between some defenders. I was I didn't know how that didn't get in you know either incomplete or picked off. Herbert looked really bad. Well, but you're, that's going to happen. You're going to so. have that. Um, the game, game of the day. The game of the day. Ooh, I watched we, almost it, this whole thing. You and I were texting, and I I I clicked it on late and saw the ending that uh, Buffalo scored with under a minute to go. And then what do they give him? Like thirty-seven seconds or something Sounds less. Like that, yeah. And Murray hits a couple of passes towards the sideline, and then avoids a sack, and then kind of falling away, throws one up to the end zone. And DeAndre Hopkins goes up in between three defenders and comes down with it, and the Cardinals beat the Bills. It's one of the great catches you'll ever see. I mean, that was really impressive. Um, but man, what a great game and two fun team to watch. Two fun young quarterbacks to watch. Uh, but Ky- Kyler Murray's just got this other gear. You know, I mean, he had a down rushing game, and I think he had like 60 yards. Um, scored two more rushing touchdowns. Uh, I, the, the, the kid's really good. And Arizona's got a, a chance to maybe win that division. I'm not sure if their defense can hold up. They got some some tough division games coming up, including this Thursday. But yep. uh, I've I've been impressed. I'm glad I adopted them early in the year to kind of get behind. <laughs> At least they're not letting me down. That was your call, and it was a good call. Well, you know, the Cardinals actually I started in Chicago, so. Oh, okay. You know, if you want not, to I don't know. I'm just, I hate Chicago as a city. I just like I just like the Bears. <laughs> well, you and I are on the same page yeah. there. Um, Seahawks lose again. They lose to the Rams. Yeah. 23-16. I'm just. They're, they're just, just asking Russ to do too much. Yeah, yeah. and and the defense is of, it seems like they're just of no help. None. No. And, and and he can't do everything. So that's I mean I mean the Rams are good. You don't know how good yet, but it doesn't seem like Seattle can necessarily be in that top elite but I mean in the NFC, which is not that great. You still gotta consider them top four or five teams. Well, the Rams lost Whitworth for the year. Okay. And that's huge. I mean, he was their anchor on that line and Goff has been a guy that 
when he's had some time, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when you can get up in him, he struggles. And okay. we'll see if the if the Rams can overcome that loss. I don't know if this is the end for the Saints because Drew Brees sounds like Ooh. he is in bad shape. Yeah, I mean he had he had residual injury heading into this game that you found out later, and now he's got cracked ribs, broken ribs, whatever, collapsed lung. And stuff, so I don't know when he's going to be back. No surprise that the Saints still win, um, and it's good you got a good backup. Um, but at the same time, you know you don't have Drew Brees. I don't know what that does for well, you. Well, I mean, if he's not, if he doesn't come back this year, you're not, you're not going to the Super Bowl. Right. You're not going to the Super Bowl, with Jameis. You're going to still make the playoffs, mm-hmm. with Jameis. You can go three and four, I mean, at or least whatever. you're capable for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it might open that offense up a little bit more. With with Jameis back mm-hmm. there, maybe a little more downfield stuff, right. but I'm not sure that's necessarily good for them. The, the way say. they've been playing this, you know, dump off to Kamara, it's very methodical, short, yep. you know, get into the short passing game with Michael Thomas. Um, I don't know if opening it up for those guys is the right thing to go, but you know, this again is where the coaching comes in, and can Sean Payton rein himself in, right, with the shiny new Jameis who's got the golden arm. Don't have Drew anymore. Don't have Drew anymore what with, the, with the short game. Yep. Now we can go long. What eh, do you want to? It's dangerous. Right. That's right. Steelers still unbeaten. They uh, they beat the Bengals. Not really any yeah, surprise that was there. A throttling. Um, little bit surprised about the the Sunday night game. Patriots Ravens. Baltimore's in trouble. Well, the weather was a, well, it was a, a complete debacle. Yes, but Baltimore's in a little bit of trouble. They don't really have any playmakers. I mean, their best receivers are tight end, and he averages like 45 yards a game. That's not going to get you much. So, you know, Lamar, and this is the thing with, I mean, it's it's tough, especially in the day of social media now, where, to, you know, Lamar getting the MVP last year, he, he shouldn't have got it. I'm sorry. He's not the be- he was not the best football player in the league last year. Uh, but they did really good, and he put up stats, so he got the award. I think what you're seeing now is more of who he is mm-hmm. and what you're going to see going forward. Yeah, he's going to have some moments. Like, remember, like Vic. Yes. Vic would have these moments where you're like, Jesus Christ, that guy is unbelievable. But not a pure pocket passer. No, no, and, no. And, and to win a lot of these close games, especially as the weather gets crappier and you start playing better teams, you got to be able to make those throws. And from what we've seen... In the two and a half years with him, he hasn't really done well in those situations. He's kind of beat up on the lousy teams. I mean, it's that's good that you do that, but you also got to beat some of the teams that are as good or better than you. Right. Um, and we already talked about uh, Vikings and Bears. We won't revisit that. Uh, you want to run down the playoff picture? Yeah, we'll start in the AFC. Let me get this out of here. Sure. Get a little more comfortable. All right, Pittsburgh nine and zero, KC eight and one, Buffalo seven and three, Indy six and three. Those are your four division leaders. The Raiders at six and three, Miami six and three, Baltimore six and three. Right now, those three teams would round out the playoffs. But you've also got Cleveland and Tennessee on the outside at six and three. So you're into all these crazy tiebreakers, and and you know who knows how that's going to end. Last up. week with all these teams, and none of them sorted themselves out. It's still a logjam. It is. It is. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, they're going to win their divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless unless the Raiders were able to beat Kansas City again, but that would be surprising. Buffalo, Miami, I think, is going to be close down to the wire. And uh, obviously, um, 
Indy and Tennessee. So lot lot to be worked out in the AFC. NFC's a little bit clearer. You got Green Bay and New Orleans both at seven and two. Arizona six and three. Philly three, five and one. Those are your division <laughs> leaders. Tampa seven and three. Rams six and three. Seahawks six and three round out the playoffs. Bears at five and five, but they're done. Minnesota and Detroit <laughs> lurking at four and five. Hanging around. So I mean the Vikings are two behind the Seahawks, but Things could go south quickly for Seattle. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota's playing well. And, you know, their schedule is going to ease up, I think, a little bit now. Yeah, they've done, they're done playing the Packers. But the Packers are really in good shape for the one seed. I mean, with Breeze going down, and you're a game ahead of Tampa. So, I, I mean, barring catastrophe, they're, they're going to be a top two seed for sure. But I think they're probably going to get that one seed. And get the bye because their Packers schedule down the stretch is not tough. I'm just, I, it's one of those things where you want the bye because it gets you home field advantage, but you don't want the bye because if you're playing well heading into the playoffs, the last thing you want is a week off because it just seems like you talked about you know when you had that switch. It's just hard to flip that switch when you get back to work. And right now, doesn't look like home field advantage matters that much. I mean, so the only thing you're probably playing for, for the players' uh, perspective, is that they want that extra day, you know, week of rest and an extra game they don't have to play. Well, the home field advantage this year is going to be weather-based. For sure. That's what it is. Okay. Whether you're in a dome or yep. you're playing somewhere where it's freaking freezing. Yeah, but right now, they're not playing very well in crappy weather, even though after the game, Rogers says that's going to turn into an advantage for us. Well... You haven't really dealt with it positively to start with, and it's not even bad yet. Right. It hasn't even been a Green Bay, you know. No, it's been in the 30s and 40s. It's not that bad. So I I don't know why you think that's positive when so far you haven't really impressed anybody with tackling the elements. Right. Just just my thought. Um, All right, let's go to week 11. (sighs) Looking at this one, you think, I mean, Golden opportunity for Arizona. It's a great Thursday night game. It's the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Uh, it's in Seattle. But you got Arizona coming off this high emotional last second win. Seattle's pissed probably because they lost to the Rams by one score. This, to me, could be a letdown game for the Cardinals. Or they could see it as a motivational. We can take control of this division with this victory. Oh, I can yeah. see it going either of the two ways. Well, a couple of weeks ago, these two teams played in Arizona, and it went into overtime, and the Cardinals won on a field goal. Um, Seattle's lost three out of four, and it has not looked well the last month. They they got, like, street guys coming in to play running back. Their defense is decimated, and like we said, they're asking Wilson to do a lot. I, I like the Cardinals in this game. Um, Cliff Kingsbury against Pete Carroll worries me a little bit because – that's a clear advantage for Seattle, but I just like the way the Cardinals are playing right now, and they're they're a team this year that's been really resilient. They've blown games towards the end and then come back and won. Um, they they've had to to hold on to some leads late, so they've they've built that up a little bit throughout the season so far. So I think it's going to be a really fun game. It's one I'm going to watch, um, but I'd be interested to see what the spread is on this one. I haven't, okay. I haven't taken a look yet, but. We'll see. Philly at three five and one taking on the Browns in Cleveland at six and three. Don't want to watch, but but man, Cleveland wins this game. They're that, seven and three. That's, that was the main thing that stuck out in my mind. Whew. Like seven and three Browns, really? That's where that's what I'm saying. Like in the AFC, 
I kind of feel like somebody's good is going to get knocked out by somebody like that. Like Miami, who's better, mm-hmm. might be 9-7, and seven, but... You know, they get knocked out because Cleveland's got more wins in the conference or, you know, something right, like that. Right, right behind. It's, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, Falcons and the Saints, this will be uh, this will be a big indication of how Jameis can handle it because this is a team against the Falcons. Atlanta's not good. This is a, Capable, and, though. And, and it's at home. Can you get it done? The Dome doesn't matter. They both no, play in a Dome. There. Yep. But, yeah, I... Be interesting. I, I bet there's a lot of Alvin Kamara in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boy, Bengals and Washington. <laughs> Teams are a combined 4-13-1. No thank you. Goodbye. Pa- uh, the Lions and the Panthers, 4-5 and five against 3-7. and seven. Yeah, probably no Bridgewater Same. here. And all of a sudden now you're looking at Detroit possibly being 500. Oh, man. I mean, there's some teams that you look at their records right now. You're like, how? Mm-hmm. How is the, how could Detroit be five and five after this week if they win? That's crazy. Uh, Pittsburgh gonna stay unbeaten. Oh. Got to go to Jacksonville. That should be a slaughter. I, that's probably gonna be your biggest line, I would guess, of the, of the weekend. I would think. Yeah, with, without looking sure. at the bottom half, for sure. Um, couple of six and threes, Titans and Ravens. It's big, a big game. Big game for both. Yep, big game for both. They're both going in the wrong direction, and uh, this this has the makings of one of them. You know, seventeen to thirteen. Knock them out. Knock them down. Slobber knockers. Yeah, but yeah. I, I say that though, knowing in the back of my mind that Tennessee's defense ain't great. So maybe they also give up thirty to Lamar. I don't know. <laughs> Patriots at four and five against the Texans. Two and seven. Don't yeah, really. There's care. another team in New England. They could be five and five. They suck. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> Dolphins uh, six and three at the Broncos. Miami seven and three mm-hmm. after this. You would think. Yep. Uh, Jets zero and nine, Chargers two and seven. Oof, uh, boy! Hopefully Herbert can have a bounce back game against that dumpster fire. Uh, Packers and Indy. This will be a good afternoon game. Indy is favored by two and a half. The Wildy and Tausch guys were talking about that, and it was surprising. And Tausch started talking about the defense because they were all talking like, "Well, why does Indiana in Indianapolis have a good defense?" And then they looked at the schedule. Do they have a good defense, or is it just a product of who they've played? Because right now it's Jacksonville, the Vikings, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, the Lions, Ravens, and Titans. There's a lot of garbage offenses in there that would probably boost your stats up pretty well. That doesn't mean they're not good, Mm -hmm. but you, you, you look a little bit deeper into the schedule and the numbers, and you're like, okay, are they good because of this, or are they actually good? Don't know. I think, sure. That's that. I mean, is the Packer offense good? Don't know. I, you know, don't know. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's a product of who you play, but you you just play who you play. I was just, I it, it really shocked me that they were underdogs. I mean, judging by their performance against Jacksonville, not surprised. Uh, do I think the Packers are probably the better team? Yeah, probably. And considering in a dome where the home field crowd doesn't really matter that much. It, it would it would have struck me more as a pick'em game. Well, I th- I just this game's going to come down to the lines. I mean, uh, new uh, India. I'm sorry, has a good pass rush, and if the Packers can protect Rodgers, mm-hmm. I think they'll score and, and win. Um, and you know, like I said, Phil Rivers. I mean, 
Phil Rivers could have a three interception game. He might just throw it right to Kevin well, King. You have no, you know, you'd never really know with with Rivers, especially old Rivers. Last time they had a guy that didn't move around that well in the pocket, Tom Brady absolutely decimated them because they couldn't get home. I'm really uh, a little surprised at the mediocre season of Jonathan Taylor so far. Well, he was the starting running back after what the first couple of weeks, yep. and then he had it taken away. Well, he to... had a big fumble. Yeah, Two games ago. That was an issue in college. Um, and Naheem Himes, his backup, is is good. He's a dynamic player, but I don't know. I, I just, you know, you watch a guy like James Robinson, who's a rookie on a shitty team. He's having a great year. And you compare that to, to Taylor. I mean, Taylor's numbers aren't terrible. I think he's got 450-ish yards. He's got three or four touchdowns. But, you know, only like 20 catches. Nothing, nothing major uh, out of the backfield there, so... I don't know. I, I guess I just expected a little bit more. Dallas and the Vikings. Well, Minnesota. Gonna, gonna be five hundred. Five. Oh man. Uh, this will be a good one. Sunday night game. Uh, the uh, Chiefs and the and the Raiders. This could be this could be a prove it game for for Vegas. You know, like yeah. We, oh we, yeah. You know, if they if they the get first time off, they beat them, it was a little bit of a fluke, right? Now and you do it again, like okay, you guys are you you guys could be in the conversation mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and then Monday night football. Rams and Buccaneers, Tom Brady national stage, people like that. I mean, we've got one. I mean, all three national games, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, are all three are really good games. Yep. And then hopefully Tennessee, Baltimore is on at noon, and then the Packers, Indy on at three thirty. Yeah, that's, that's a nice, uh, nice little run of football with some good teams. Nice little Sunday. Uh, the Bills, the Bears, the Giants, Thank you. and the Niners. All Mercifully, advice. so you don't have to. Pay I have attention. a week off <laughs> from that shit hole of a team. <laughs> All right, that is your NFL uh, Week 10, Week 11 talk. And uh, now we get into Dan's specialty because the NBA season has officially started and the Bucks made big moves today. I went to bed before any, any of this broke. I woke up at probably like maybe 12.30, 1 a.m. And to try and get back to sleep, I was just on Twitter. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is something. And I, I purposely didn't text you about this because I wanted to save your impressions um, for this so I could just get the first run. Um, Mr. Schmolt had some comments in his uh, in his little deal this morning on the air. I talked to uh, Cousin Michael about this and, you know, some of the bench issues and stuff like that. But basically you've got uh, Bledsoe, George Hill, three first-round picks um, going for Drew Holiday from the Pelicans and then – Dante DiVincenzo, Ilyasova, and uh, DJ Wilson for, am I saying this right, Bogdan Bogdanovich? It's Bo- Bogdan. 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 Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, and then people didn't even mention Justin James in the first, you know, mm-hmm. paragraph of the trip. It was right, mentioned right. as a throw-in later uh, for Sacramento. You get a lot, but you give up a lot. Um, and it basically takes out your bench that you need to rebuild. Um First impressions from you when you heard this? Well, I, I went to bed about 11.30 last night, and as I was getting in bed, I just happened to check my phone, and my Bleacher Report thing showed that the holiday trade had happened. So I was like, holy shit, wow. Um, very, very excited about that. He is a guy that, for the last couple of years, I had kind of hoped that the Bucks might try to get. Um, his contract at the time made it a little tough 
But uh, he's in the last year of his deal with an option for next year that most people think he'll probably decline. But you never know. Um, depends on what the market bears and, and with the financial things going on with the pandemic, nobody knows how that's going to shape out. Um, I, of, of course, the national media has been mostly indifferent, leaning towards negative towards these deals for the Bucks, especially in terms of what it does with, with Giannis going forward. Um, let me just let me just rewind. Uh, the other day, uh, Wes Matthews opted out of his yep. contract. Robin Lopez, Lopez did, opted yep. out of his contract. So those guys are both free agents, which isn't entirely surprising. Uh, Robin Lopez was didn't basically even hardly play in the bubble. They couldn't play him in the playoffs due to matchups. And Matthews, um, I wouldn't be shocked if he was back. Um, he, you know, I had read that the Lakers and the Heat were kind of sniffing around. You know, he's got the connection with with Butler and Crowder, the Marquette connection. Those guys with Miami, so that's a possibility. And um, I like Wes. It's nice to always have a, a local guy in the right. box. That's cool. But if he moved on, that's fine. Um, but back to the holiday trade. So yeah, like you said, Bledsoe. They get off of Bledsoe's three year contract. Yeah. They get off of Hill's two year contract. They give up three first-round picks, which on its face sounds like, holy crap, that's a lot to give up. But when you consider where they will likely be picking, is that as well, big a deal? It even gets better. So okay. the NBA has this rule. It's called the Stepien rule, and it's named after Ted Stepien, who was the Cleveland Cavs owner in the early 80s. And the rule is you cannot trade first-round picks back-to-back years because this idiot in the early 80s was trading his first-round picks like nobody's business, and his teams were constant garbage. And what ended up happening was the Lakers had one of those picks. They won the title, and they got the first overall pick, and they got James Worthy. And everybody in the league, they're like, what is this? So because of that, so the Bucks, from what I understand, the draft is tomorrow. The Bucks had the 24th pick. I believe that pick is going to the Pelicans. Okay. Um, next year the Bucks will have their pick in 2022 as part of the deal to get George Hill. Cleveland will have the Bucks' first round pick. This is from two years ago. Okay, so that pick in 2022 obviously goes to Cleveland. So the 2023 pick cannot be traded. If you follow me, yes. So you got 2020 Pelicans are going to get it next year. The Bucks keep it. 22 Cleveland gets it. 23 bucks, keep, bucks it. keep it. So 2024 is the first year that, that they these can get the second of the three. Correct. So, so you're now, looking now, down the now line you're talking ways. now you're talking for this is the anti-Packers we're talking about here. This is a team that is looking at it going, we have a superstar, the window is small, we need to win right now. I, in 5 years most of us if Giannis leaves, we're none of us are going to have a job here anyway. So what difference does it make? So 24 and 26 would be the end of those picks. Big deal. Um, they did get a pick. They, the Pelicans can pick swap with the Bucks, but if the Bucks are good, they're not going to because the Bucks are going to be drafting at the end of the first mm-hmm. round. So uh, financially, it's about a wash. Not 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 a big deal there. The other trade, sending out DiVincenzo, Ursan, Wilson to Sacramento for Bogdanovich and Justin James. Sounds like Bogdanovich is going to be like a four-year, $15 million a year deal, which is pretty manageable. Um, Giannis is a big fan of him. This dude uh, has hit. 
huge shots in Europe throughout his career. He's he's played in obscurity in Sacramento. The one thing so, I read about him, which is why he fits Budenholzer's offense, is that he is a volume three shooter. Yes, and he's a playmaker. He can put the ball on the floor and do some stuff. Um, massive upgrade between Holiday and Bogdanovich versus Bledsoe and Matthews. Okay. Massive upgrade. Okay. You are now looking at arguably the best starting five in basketball. Okay. Um, but by doing all of that, you, you your your you bench is essentially decimated. Gone. Yes. So I'm a little, you know, I, I, it's a little disappointing that you had to trade Divincenzo, but you know you got to give up to get. And uh, he was really bad in the playoffs, and I think his flaws were exposed. So I think they were okay. They didn't want to have to extend him and pay him. Same with DJ Wilson because those guys' his rookie contracts were coming up. Um, I guess another question then to me looking at this and seeing that the bench has now needs to be totally reworked, um, and you had mentioned that they had an old roster, which, you know, I don't know, you fill it with some youngsters, you go after veterans. But at the same time, if you have a real good starting five, one thing that we've noticed about Budenholzer is that he likes to lean on his starters. A lot. Well, well, actually, no. Uh, the, when it comes to playoff time? No. And that was one of the criticisms of him is that he didn't play Giannis enough. Oh, okay. But, I thought it was the other way around. No, well, I mean, the, the Bucks the last two years, the reason why they've had the best record in basketball has been their depth. Okay. But what has showed up is that depth is not translating to playoff basketball because at the end of the day, you got to play your best guys. And the Bucks, for whatever reason, they haven't, turned their best guys completely loose, especially Giannis minute-wise in the playoffs. But what I think will end up happening is, you know, Marvin Williams was too old. He retired. Kyle Korver was too old. He's done. Um, They're going to get veterans, but they're going to get guys that are ring-chasing, earlier 30s, that are going to be on a veteran's minimum. A veteran, depending on how many years in in the league, affects your pay, but... If you get a guy that's been in the league 10 years, it's like a $5 million deal. It's like what Matthews was on last year. So they've already been rumored. They're uh, Patty Mills, who's a backup point guard for the Spurs, won titles, played in the finals. Uh, connection with Budenholzer, he's been mentioned. Uh, Jeff Teague is another point guard. He played for Budenholzer in Atlanta. He's been with the T-Wolves. So those are the kind of guys that you're going to see, I think, join the Bucks. It's going to be a little reminiscent of the LeBron Heat teams where you had LeBron, Wade, and Bosch making all the money. You got one other dude who at the time was Mike Miller who was making a good chunk of money. And then you're just going to have all these other dudes that can do maybe one or two special things, but they don't cost you a lot. And they just want to be on the team because they know it's a good team. So I think the Bucks as an organization have a good reputation right now, so I think that'll work in their favor. Uh, but... You know, the big day is Sunday, and that's the first day that Giannis can sign the extension. My belief is if he doesn't sign it Sunday, he's not going to sign it because why would you wait till Wednesday? Right. You, you, you know. He has until the 21st. Yes. Because the season starts the 22nd. I, there's there's no reason to not sign it now. First the day. Bucks have made the big moves they're going to make. Everything now they do is going to be just ancillary stuff. So will that matter to him as much? Probably as these, not. As as these big ones, I don't think so. I mean, you know, is this enough of a splash for him? Oh, I think so. Okay, I think I think it should be, um, because 
not there if if Holiday were to opt out at the end of this year, that would be unfortunate, but there's going to be other guys to get. And in 2 years there's a loaded free agent class coming and the Bucks are shaping up to to be able to do some stuff. Middleton's contract will be ending. Um and you might be able to move him or, you know, get him at a lower rate on the next deal or what have you, but um I, I, I've said all along, I don't think Giannis will sign it because I just think business-wise right now he doesn't have to. Um, maybe he just says, look, I asked you guys to do this. You did it. You held you, you were to your word. I'm signing. Because as Woj said the other day, you know, a lot of superstars look for reasons to leave their teams. He said Giannis is looking for reasons to stay. He wants to stay in Milwaukee. So... I think this, I mean, it, there's some other stuff going on in the NBA. There's James Harden to the Nets rumors. I mean, if that happens, they're the favorite. Mm-hmm. But they've never played together. It's three superstars who all need the ball. Like, who knows how that's going to work? Some, somebody had said that. I think we ran one of the one of the CBS you know minutes or whatever. And like, they named those three guys on how many touch. Like, there's not enough ball no. for all three no, of those not. guys. It's, it, it will be difficult. I mean, Miami's not going to do what they did last year. That that was a fluke. Um, Boston's good. I think the Bucks are better. Philly, they always keep finding ways to screw it up. So if you're the Bucks and you're Giannis, you're looking at it going, there's no reason why we cannot win the East. We've made improvements at the spots, the two spots that were crucial, the guard position. There's no reason why we can't win the East. So um, we'll see what happens okay. with the extension. But I just wanted to say... Um, Wojnarowski, the ESPN insider guy, for anybody that listens to any other podcast, he has one. It's called the Woj Pod. And right now he has a three-part little mini-series about Giannis and about the story of him getting drafted. And I've listened to the first two parts. It is fascinating. And, I mean, Giannis is like, he's a a special dude, man. He's a different cat. Like, the things, because he's interviewed in this, of course, and and a lot of the people, like his agent and some of the people back from Greece, and like the lengths that that dude would go for his family to do stuff is pretty moving. See, and I guess when you talk about his personality and some of the things that he said to the organization, and 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 I understand, I totally hear you, business sense wise. It would just seem to me like if he's looking for reasons to stay and they're proving to you right now that they're going to do that and putting their money where their mouth is, I guess I just don't see a reason why you wouldn't because if there's no difference between this year and next year, assuming that Holiday opts out and you need to reform your bench again or you know something like that, do you put the pressure on them then next season? Because I don't understand why you'd come out and say it's dependent on what you guys do. Well, we just did it. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Like it, that just seems to me, and knowing nothing about anything, I guess that all that adds up in my brain. Like, why not just sign and and it's something that he can just. It's over. It's done with. My future's clear. I want to stay here. I am staying here. It's all good. We can go win. And that's mm-hmm. that's what he's said that he wants to do all the time. Right. Win. Right. And now you get all this bullshit out of the way and you can concentrate. I don't know. That's that's the hope. You that's, know, that, that's that, just that, what that, it reads like to me. That would be the hope. And um you know, he's a big loyalty guy, and the Bucks have been extremely loyal to him. I mean, listen, 
I know from I, I read a lot of stuff about the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I follow a lot of their people on Twitter, a lot of the people that cover them. I, I read what they're saying. I watch I'm on the Bucks app. I watch these interviews. Like that team last year was really tight. And like Bledsoe and Middleton are like brothers. Um, you know, DJ Wilson and Dante DiVincenzo and, and some of these guys, Giannis had taken him under their under his wing and they, they were really tight. So it's not and, and the Bucks like these guys. I mean Whatever you think of what he did, what George Hill did in the bubble, the Bucks and their ownership, they're with that. Like, they're all about that. So to turn around and trade him right now, that had to be very hard. Um, so, you know, you that gotta, would signal to him. That would, that would signal like, to Giannis, like, look, man, we know we're, this is we're, hard. We're, we're, we're going to make moves, and we're committed and we're not to afraid, you, and we're, and we're committed to you, and we're not afraid to make. The really hard move, right? And because the next hard move is to trade Middleton. If Giannis signs and you and you flame out again the next two years, the next guy to go is Middleton. Um, and I know him and Giannis really take a lot of pride, and they came in together, they want to win together, and all that. Uh, but I don't know, man. We just got to play it by ear and hope for the best. I think he's going to stay. I've always thought he's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this year would have to go really badly uh, if he doesn't for, sign for him to not. Okay. Not come back if he doesn't sign the extension. So, right. anything else in the NBA you want to touch on that you haven't yet? Uh, Harden to the Nets sounds like he's trying to force his way out. He turned down a two-year, hundred million dollar extension. Is that because of new Houston management, or he just wants to go somewhere to play with some dudes and uh, get a better chance to win? It's a just ring? fashionable for these guys to be babies and push their way out and try to play on their own <laughs> AAU teams. That's just what it's the legacy of LeBron. Um, I told a buddy that the other night he was texting me bitching when this rumor came out, and I said that's the legacy of LeBron is it's not the titles for LeBron. It's not going to be the records. It's going to be he was a basketball mercenary, and he started this in 2010, and people say, oh, guys, move teams all before. No, 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 not like this. Not where guy, he was getting people together. They were collaborating to decide where they were going, who was going to coach them, who else was going to be on their team. They basically sidestepped the general manager and, and the normal process, and I know there are people that like that. I don't. I don't. Um, so that's out there. Westbrook is, is rumored to be on the block. Um, I saw today him for John Wall to, on the Wizards is, a, is being rumored. Sounds like Michael Jordan and the Hornets want to get on it. He's a Jordan brand guy, so that would be good for business. And also he's a draw and nobody goes to Hornet games. Um, <laughs> Chris Paul was traded to the Suns the other day. Um, Seems like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, he, 35. This is the third time in four years he's been traded. and He's a top five all-time point guard. Didn't you say that he wants to basically run a locker room when, Pretty he, much. Gets, when he gets he's there? He's got a lot of Napoleon in him. But, uh, I mean, it's a nice move for the Suns. It, it'll get him into the playoffs, but it certainly doesn't make him a contender. All right. So uh, we got the draft tomorrow. You going to watch? I'll watch. I, I have no clue what's going to happen. Nobody knows who's going to be the top pick. Um, and then Friday some free agency stuff can start. So I think uh, in the next week you're going to really kind of see the, the roster round into form because we're only two and a half weeks away from training camp starting. I know. December, this is going to move fast. December 22nd, we're, uh, we're essentially I mean, imagine, about five, six weeks away from this Imagine season. being Bledsoe, though, and it's a week before Thanksgiving. It's 
five weeks before Christmas. He has little children. He's married. He's been living in Milwaukee, probably in quarantine for the last night, you know, since he got back from the bubble. Have and, fun and in New Orleans. now it's like, hey, guess what? You're on the Pelicans now. you got to move to New Orleans. I mean, at least DJ Wilson going to Sacramento, that's where that's his hometown. Okay. So at least he can stay with his ma. Like, where does, where's David Chenzo staying? Where's, what is Ursan? Ursan's lived in Milwaukee for like 15 years. His home oh. is Milwaukee. He met his wife here. His wife lives in Milwaukee. When he was playing in other cities, they, they lived in Milwaukee. Here. I might have to do that. So I guess, you well, know, this is probably his last year in the league, so maybe he just goes out and, and just says, rides it out and yeah, gets that six, and seven million. And goes back and moves back over. But, was, you know, okay. people, Ricky Rubio was part of the Chris Paul trade. He's going to, he just signed with Phoenix last year, and now he got traded to Oklahoma City, and he's <laughs> like, he just wrote on Twitter like, man, this is a cruel business. It is. I didn't ask to go to Oklahoma City. You guys are chess pieces. And that's why the player movement thing, that's where the, the pro player movement guy goes, well, they don't have, that's the only time they get a chance where they want to play. I don't have a problem with that. You just all don't need to be on the same damn team. Right. Be, let's have some competition here. Right. Okay. That's some NBA. We'll switch to college football. We can, we can just touch on the Badgers because they just absolutely beat the daylights out of That game was over in like six for, minutes. For, yeah. A couple of scores, it's 21 quickly, and you're like, wow, what is happening? Um, it, and the one thing that, that stood out to a couple of things, Michigan's bad. Oh, Michigan's bad. I don't know how Milton, the quarterback, beat out McNamara, who came in later in the game. They're two completely different players, and I would assume that Harbaugh likes Milton's athleticism, but he reminded me of a guy that like Rich Rod would have started in the spread. Yeah, and rather and than normally the offense Harbaugh would want to run. An athlete playing quarterback. Yes. And that but, just doesn't work no. usually. And McNamara seemed like a better passer because he came out and let him down the field real quick with some some pretty good passes. The run I don't know if you can take away a lot of the offensive flaws that you saw from Wisconsin, even though they scored a bunch of points, because they had a skeleton crew. I mean, they had a bunch of injuries. They had a bunch of guys out with COVID. They weren't battling full strength. But still, to put up that many points with Mertz, who did not have a lot of prep time, and then you had a freshman who, I mean, I heard, I read great things about this Jalen Berger kid. He looks like one of the best running backs on the roster right mm, now. Yeah, um, he's got some bursts. Yeah, and they were without uh, Isaac Garendo, who's going to be back um, against Northwestern. They didn't have my boy Garrett Groshick, who... Yeah, but who was the other guy? What is it, Skokie or Skocky oh, or Stocky. Stocky? Mason Stocky, the fullback. I mean, <laughs> he was scoring, it was, catching, it was, running. It was Bernstein-esque. Yes! Yeah. It was awesome. Like, fullback dives right at the goal line. You know, they they chipped him out. They they threw some and some great balls from, from Mertz again. Looked a little rusty, but, man, I can't remember being this excited about a Badgers quarterback. In a long time. Well, the kid looks like he's going to be really good. What's the old saying? You can never lose your job to injury. Well, Jack Cohn can, because he ain't go. He, you can't play him again. You can't. But you can't I, play I him. don't know that that's going to stop yeah, a guy like Paul Chris. He was on the field warming up with the rest of them in pads. Yeah, you just can't do that. I mean, ask Gary Anderson how it works when he starts screwing with quarterbacks and yanking guys in and out who are having success. I it doesn't totally, work. I totally understand. And I mean, I just I, Cohen, Chris is a different dude like mm, that. I well, you know, and it might be it might be schedule dictated it, you know. I mean, if the Badgers lo- lose their next two games, 
you're, then maybe he gets his job back for the last two because why not? Right. But um, if they're five five and zero going into that last game, or they're in the Big Ten title game, you can't play him. Yeah, right. You're you're going to bring him back in undefeated no, season on the line. No, you can't. You can't play him. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, it sucks. I hear what but, you're saying. There's just something in the back of my mind that that says that all that is not going to stop Chris from making that move, and I think he will catch so much heat for it. He'll get ripped all over the country. But I don't think he cares. You know? Yeah, I mean, you you well, it's it it's a it would be a poor decision because I would I think you would be thinking. I'm going to show my loyalty. Yeah, he has an affinity for players but, that way. But I don't think that sells. I don't think that sells to recruits. You know what I have an affinity for? Winning. And right now, Graham Mertz is winning. Well, here I'll tell you what sells. You play the best guy. Period. I don't. I I hope. I really hope. How, how does. I just. How do you go to the Super Bowl? How do you have Josh Jackson to Andrew Luck to Alex Smith to Kaepernick? You can't find a fucking college quarterback if you're, if you're Jim Harbaugh? Right. At Michigan? At a, at a tradition based. Like you, Tom Brady went there. You win recruiting just by the name alone that, of, of the program. Doesn't that kind of have to be then they're not coaching them these guys up? I mean, that Milton kid, I don't know I don't know anything about his background. I don't nope, know if he was a high either. recruiter or not. I felt bad for him. He didn't look like he knew how to play quarterback. Right. He made two or three throws in the first quarter. They it looked like an eighth grader playing on the on the varsity or something. It was what? ridiculous. I, I think it was Herb Street and and, and Fowler calling calling the game. Like when they say he threw the first one to the linebacker, you, the the camera was behind Milton yeah. looking down the field, and the linebacker was standing there. And they said, "Well, he clearly didn't see the linebacker." It looks like he's staring down the defender. Yeah, and he's like, "Here you go. I'm gonna throw well, and, it right and Herb to Street's you." Like, well, everybody's saying, "How didn't you know? Why did he do that?" Well, he didn't see him, and it's like, "Well, yeah, but that you have to see that. You have to see him. He's right in front of you." <laughs> He's got a different color. He's almost in the path of your ball. I mean, the only guy in America that COVID's worked out for is probably Harbaugh because I don't think they can fire him right now with all of the budget cuts and all of the money strains. Like you can't fire that dude and pay him five million dollars to walk away no, or whatever his buyout is. Like be ridiculous. it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but you know what'll happen in January? Five NFL coaches are going to get fired, and his name is going to be brought up again. And it's like, why? Give give somebody else a shot. People like their coaching trees. It's. Um, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow morning. I'm going to write this probably when I get home. Like the one thing that's surprising to me, it's like I don't really recognize this Badger offense right now. Like the down the downhill blocking schemes for the running backs and stuff like that, the between the tackle stuff. It's just not there this year. No. And and I don't know. I don't think it's because of the linemen. I don't know if it's the running backs, but you've got a quarterback who's really good. It's like the offense has flipped now. And maybe that's maybe that's a product of Chris play calling, but he's because he knows where his strengths are and that's what he's playing to. But they're incorporating so many jet sweeps mm-hmm. a little more now. You saw a couple double reverses 
in the game. It's like you don't have that real downhill rushing attack that we've seen for the last decade. Well, I give the coaching staff a lot of credit because there are a lot of football coaches that would just say, well, I don't care who's on our team. This is what we're doing. This is what we do, where I think he's looking at it going, we don't have that horse. Right. we got to find other ways to do it. I I think it was Marcus Cromartie I saw tweet. I, that he he hoped that um, high school quarterbacks around the country took notice of what Paul Chris can do with that kind of talent for sure in, in terms Absolutely. of calling plays and, yep. and making some things happen because um, you're right this this is like um, remember that one year when they had Lee Evans and Sorgi mm-hmm. they were always throwing bombs yeah and it was like whoa whoa yes this is pretty fun yes that's kind of what I'm seeing I mean it's not it's not to that level but I it's just different filling in for Al for a week when he was on vacation and and it was during it was the front end of the Badger season and I looked at their tight ends I looked at their receivers and I looked at they had Sorgi who I mean immobile guy but pocket passer mm-hmm. and I'm like. If you're the offensive coordinator, and I don't know who it was, but I said this in a commentary when I was filming, you got to go four wide sometimes. You could go put the tight on and go five wide. Here's your strength. Yeah. Here you got a guy who can actually throw it deep and throw it around the field. I know you're Wisconsin. I know you got big linemen and great running backs, but you might have a strong passing game that you might need to explore a little bit more. You, you got a future all pro wide receiver, man. Right. Playing in the Big Ten. Throw downfield. Might want to throw him yeah. the ball. Yeah. So, uh, Badgers take on Northwestern. Uh, they're four and zero. Bucky's two and zero. It's a two thirty game. Is that uh, down da- there? Down or? in Evanston. Ugh, so I hate that. yeah, they always struggle down there. Yeah. Last guy to win down in Evanston, Alex Hornibrook. Mm. Great. Let's hopefully the the, <laughs> the things go a little bit better. Um, college hoops. I did see this that it uh, that it came out today. They're planning for March Madness. Mm-hmm. Rick Pitino, now with Iona, wants him to, to have it be May Madness. He mm. wants him to push it back a couple of months, just in the interest of safety. Um, but the NCAA says they're going to do the whole tournament in one location. I like it. I think it's a great idea. Um, they're talking about Indianapolis. Yep. Um, so there's they've, a lot of they've got a lot of arenas. Uh, they've got some college, you know, I mean, even like Butler's not that far away. And you could, even if they wanted to extend it out to Assembly Hall, I mean, that's quite a ways south. But if you had to, you could. Right. So, um, and Bloomington's not far. No, and, and I think it, I think it would be kind of a cool thing. I mean, Indiana is kind of the the basketball state. And it's centralized. It's, like the, it's the amateur basketball state for mm-hmm. high school and college, just, you know, historically. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be it'd be fun. You know, maybe it's a smaller tournament. I mean, that frankly, I would love that Cut. if it was like a thirty-two team instead okay. of a sixty-eight team. Oh, I'd love that. Cut it in half. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's always fun to watch these games and to bet on them and stuff. But like, sometimes there's like Mississippi State's a five seed and they're playing Drake. And they just murder him. And it's you, like, okay, well, I don't want to watch this. UC Davis or somebody yeah, like that. Like, what yeah. is the point of this? So, right. yeah, if they cut it down, shit, I think that'd be pretty fun. Okay. Um, Major League Baseball, the big headline today was uh, Theo Epstein walking away from the Cubs. Yeah. That that broke just after 11 o'clock. Um, I don't know if he's got another project. You and I had chatted about this before we, we, we started recording. Nice decade of dominance. Or <laughs> for a fucking Randley, you'd still have that 100-year streak going. Sorry, Cub fans, but it's the truth. Well, I was talking with a Cub fan today just after it happened. I'm like, it's, you know, the expectation was two, three rings. Mm-hmm. You know, that many championships didn't really work out as well as Cub fans had hoped. But, I mean, you brought him back to a winning team. You brought him back to prominence. I guess 
if, if that's a goal, you accomplish that, and you got and you broke a a long losing streak of of championships. But you know what you did? All you did was you started a new one. <laughs> it's gonna start right after they they they, they won the last one. Yeah, man, it was a hundred plus years. I mean, come on. Yeah. You gotta win sometime. Hoyer's gonna take and over. And people in the conference, the Brewers won. The Brewers got fifty years to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give us a break. We got time. Got time. <laughs> um the Masters, we didn't talk about no, that. No, I, I didn't watch honestly a lot of it. I was watching football uh, all weekend when I was watching sports. Um DJ won. The only other headline I saw was Tiger Woods carding a ten on the par three. Yeah, that was funny. Uh didn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> Uh, John Rom dropping an f bomb on TV was classic. Yeah, what, classic what, John Rom. What was that? I didn't even see. I just belted out a fuck. Just after he mishit one. Yeah, and I think Nick Faldo said, "I think he said pluck," and it's like, "No, nah, dude, don't cover it. Just it is what it is. This is it's better this way." That's awesome. Um, it was a fun tournament. I really enjoyed watching. You know, was the the mm-hmm. times that I did watch. It was a little anticlimactic because yeah. Johnson was just so good. He had a little bit of a uh oh early on on Sunday in his round, but. Uh, righted the ship, tied the uh, the record for lowest under par to major yeah. at twenty. Minus twenty, yeah. and uh, you know it was pretty cool. His brother was was pretty emotional after he won, and I mean, um, you know, Paul Gretzky, Jesus, what was, what the were, what in the hell? Did you see the picture of them walking uh, up yeah. the hill? And his hand was just I right saw under I ass. saw everything. I watched all of that. <laughs> She had her own green jacket on that was looking pretty nice. Was it to watch him or was it to watch her? While you, well, were, while was, you, were you get both. Uh-huh. You get both. Sure, of course. You got both them cakes too. I think that's a mother of two. Well, Beautiful woman. You got both them. Beautiful. It was like I, I, we were watching it. My mom and dad were over, and we were watching it. And I was like, "Man," and I'm sure somebody will say this is sexist, but I don't mean it to be. I was like, "Man, that's a girl that's really never heard no in her life." Like her mother's a former model. Her dad's Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, right. and she's married to the number one, one golfer in the world. And golfers make stupid money. If you're good, if oh, you're, they make like yeah. Tiger Woods has made insane money. Just imagining, like, oh, good job finishing this tournament. Here's a check for ten million dollars. What? Well, and it's like when you win tournaments like that, like Dustin Johnson and his wife and kids, till they die, can go there and pay for nothing ever. For the rest of their life. That's because they're ma- he's a Masters champion. That's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a champion um, in life too, my friend. Well, I mean, he, he has, is a he has won at the game of life. Yes, he has. That, that's true. Do that you want boy. to touch on any of the high school stuff? I want to touch on something. It, oh, high school stuff. It, yeah. it, thank you. It, it 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 it's just depressing me lately. We had school boards last week, Milton, Janesville. Which, if you watch some of these on stream and some of the arguments that these people get in, it is fantastic theater. It's really sad, but it is great drama. And to me as a voter, I mean, this is the ammunition you need when it comes time for polling. Like, there are a bunch of people in the Milton School District school board that got my vote because that's that's who I vote for, even though I live in Janesville. They ain't getting my vote again mm-hmm. J- just by virtue of how they're acting, what they're saying, and what they're believing in. And it just seems to be completely ass-backwards from my perspective they, in both of these, it seemed like leading up to the votes, there was no way they were going to allow high school sports. No way. Milton passed easily. Janesville needed kind of a backdoor passage, and they got it done. So I'm talking to the coaches. They're filling out schedules, and then yesterday we get the rollback to phase one, 
and it's like, hold the phone, all the school boards are going to meet again this week. And again, these are just recommendations. They're not mandates that you cannot, it's you should not. But I don't see how the school boards go back and say that they're going to violate the recommendations again. I just, I think a lot, I think a couple of the yes votes that were last week are going to turn into no votes. That's just my opinion. And it's really sad. I would agree. Um, I yeah. Don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, t- a lot of people are tired. A lot of people are in a position where they can't take anymore. Me trying to do my job, the kids and the coaches and the administrators trying to find ways to get stuff done. Um, and just, they're getting rear ended at every turn. And this is just, the most recent one, and I would imagine that it's by the end of the week we're just going to pack it up for the winter season. That's my, that's my impression. I think, uh, I think they're going to push it back to January first. There's no time to do well, anything. What do you want to do? Play eight games? I think that. Well, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I, I think they're just going to kick the can down the road until we've talked about they run out of road. When has that worked? It hasn't. Like Kevin. Well, Murray, I mean, the the other option is that they just say we're done discussion over. We're not going to play anything until the spring season or the or the fall the modified, fall spring right, season. Yeah, no, and, that's right. And you know, it, it's it, it sucks. And we talked about it the other day. It's unfair. It's unfair to the kids. It's mostly unfair to the kids who just love the sport and have no plans to further play after high school. Right. Um, so this is the, a lot of them. It's going to be their last opportunity to do a lot of things competitively. Yep, and and for the they're the ones that are the standouts in their respective sports, they're going to find their way to play anyway. So I guarantee you, uh, if Wisconsin high school basketball is shut down in the state, uh, up at that just a game fieldhouse in the Dells, they're they will play. be playing games. They yeah. will be AAU tournaments because they, they had it. them all summer. They did all the summer. That's so, right. And they had a couple instances, but other than that, they kind of got things. You have a couple instances and... everywhere. You have a couple instances at work too. Hi. So you know, I mean, that's that's just the reality that we live in right now in this moment. So. It was just really disturbing. Like everybody on the Janesville school board that said that we can't do this, that all the data and all the health experts and all the, everybody that has you know um, some knowledge or wisdom about the situation say it is going to get worse. Yeah, but we've been hearing hold, that for nine months. Yeah, but hold up, but that and and that's the reason why I don't understand when they made a vote to postpone their decision in a month. And Kevin Murray brought this up. Like, let me understand what you're saying. You think and you're going to believe these people that everything's going to get worse, but it's bad enough now that you can't make a decision that we should go forward. So you want to wait till it's worse. So you to, can to, so you can justify your no to, right to try and see how it is mm-hmm. and and I thought he brought up a, a really a good point, point you know and it's I don't know I I might not watch those I might just read it in the paper you know the next morning because I don't know just how much more I can I can take of this I I really don't I mean you know you and I have talked a, a lot winter sports for us when we broadcast basketball games it's, it's rough. It is, you know, but our first couple of weeks in the gym, it's cool. It's seeing new teams. It's talking to the coaches again. It's seeing, you know, new players. And, you know, we kind of get energized by it. Halfway through the season, we're looking forward to the <laughs> to the tournament because, right. you know, you were battling snow and cold, walking in, carrying crap. Well, and like and, I've told and, you. And it's long days for both of us. And like I've said on here before, and you know this, like I'm a junkie, man. Right. Like, from from Thanksgiving till basically almost the 4th of July, like, I pretty much watch basketball or I'm in the gym every day. 
I'm watching it at some point. So um, to not be in the gym is, will potentially suck, but um, you know but, it's out but, of our hands, right? And and like we said, it's not going to mean much to us. No, we're going to get over it. We're we'll, going to we're we'll, going to move yep. on and be back next year. Right. We'll file away the season. We'll probably start fresh. I don't know what it's going to be like for 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 baseball or the modified football season. I'm just sucks I'm, for the guys, man. Yes, it does. And the coaches. Yep. Absolutely. And the parents too, because oh, for sure, a lot of these parents put in a lot of time and money. Think of how over yeah, the years how and, much to get to this point, right? No, that's absolutely. You, know, you got a group of kids that played together since fifth, sixth grade, and you thought when we get to be a senior, yep. we're going to make the state tournament. And now you and don't now even have the one. opportunity. Yeah. Yes. So that's the kind of the latest high school uh, update. So we'll see what happens this week. Uh, that's all we got for. The intentional foul this week. We covered a lot of territory. It was good to uh, be back. Thank you for allowing me. And I, I should have brought over some Clorox wipes or something so you can wipe everything down. I'll just burn it. <laughs> burn it I got to get a new table down here. Excellent. Anyway. Awesome. couple new chairs, padded chairs. I that, know. That'd be good. Yeah. Get up and walk a couple of steps to make sure my bleacher ass goes away. All right, thank you for uh, downloading, listening, subscribing. As always, tell your friends. We're open to feedback. You can find us both on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. We're closing in up on episode 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple to go yet, so that, that'll be a pretty big milestone. We'll see what we got planned for that. So until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you again soon. Go Bucks.